Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hello, I'm Jana Thompson and this is 3CR Community Radio on 855 on your dial. And this is Radical Philosophy. That's philosophy for everyone. Like some food for thought? Tune in to Radical Philosophy with discussions on freedom, happiness, knowledge, evil and rational argument. With words from Hawthorne, Tatman, Jenkins, Hutchinson, Hirsi Ali and Plumwood. Let's get radical about philosophy. You're listening to Radical Philosophy on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial. And I'm Lucy Main, a master's student at Monash University. I am going to fight capitalism, even if it kills me. It is wrong that people like you should be comfortable and well-fed, while all around you, people are starving. Sylvia Pankhurst, her speech in 1921. Welcome to Radical Philosophy. I'm your host, Beth Matthews. Today we have an interview with Dr. Denise Thompson, and she's speaking about capitalism and masculinity. And I'm speaking to Dr. Denise Thompson, who has studied at the University of New South Wales. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Beth. And we're speaking about capitalism. So what was it that inspired your interest in capitalism? Uh, Well, I've always been interested in capitalism uh, because it's always seemed to me to be an economy that doesn't really work for for the common good for for most people. But it's a bit daunting to, to study, to investigate, because there's just so much written about it. I have read some Marxism, but um, that didn't seem to help all that much. Some of it was incomprehensible anyway. Uh, Not Marx himself, but some of his followers. And then just fairly recently, I think, I realised that... Well, my major project at the moment is to talk about masculinity, the the sort of masculinity that is... uh, not to put too fine a point on it, destroying the world. And I realised that, that uh, capitalism was actually the modern form of male power. <clears throat> now that such forms as the royalty and aristocracy and chieftainship, etc., are, are no longer relevant. And that, that male power is, it takes the form of wealth these days, and it's capitalism that generates the wealth and allows it to be accumulated in the hands of the few. So I thought, well, given that I'm uh, talking about masculinity, uh, interested in masculinity, interested in, in male domination, in fact, <clears throat> then I'd better investigate capitalism. So I put my head down and did a fair amount of reading and got to a point where I managed to say something about capitalism. Um, and certainly, uh, <clears throat> there's not everything that can be said but I've managed to say something. 
Yes, uh, one of the one of the things I, d- I looked at first was the, the socialist feminist literature on capitalism. I thought, well, if there's going to be a feminist criticism of capitalism, then surely it'll be found in socialist feminism. But in fact, it wasn't. Socialist feminism was interested in something else. It was interested in the situation of women and how that uh, how capitalism used the situation of women and and domestic labour, unpaid domestic labour. But it didn't actually criticise capitalism, surprisingly. So I had to move on to other other fields. One of the things that I, I, I do talk about in, in the book that I'm writing about, uh, well, I've virtually finished the book, is, is something that the Marxists call primitive accumulation. Because if you're going to have capital, um, and capitalism is about the investing of money into uh, project processes that produce profits which is then reinvested you've got to have money in the first place and the interesting question is where does the money come from in the first place the concept of primitive accumulation gives a gives a hint about where the money comes from in the first place um one of the most the one of the best known um, forms of primitive accumulation was the enclosure movement in, in, in um, Britain in what well, started, I think, in the 15th century, but it, but it provided resources uh, for, for what eventually became capitalism to, to use. Uh, Marx himself talks about primitive accumulation only in terms of, well, mostly in terms of appearance of the social relations necessary for capitalism. That is, uh, uh, capitalism needs free labour, free uh, labour that's not tied to the land or tied to any kind of feudal obligations. And the enclosure movement, in fact, freed people, if freedom is the right word, to be available for capitalism. But what I was more interested than that in than that was, was where the money came from. And, of course... It, it, it didn't come. It, it, it came from all all sorts of sources that are pretty horrifying to, to, to think about. The primitive accumulation was was the enclosure movement, for example, threw people into utter destitution. I mean, they starved because their their the land they used to feed themselves was just taken over by the by the, the aristocratic landlords. So that was pretty horrendous, uh, horrendous beginning for capitalism. But capitalism also began in slavery. It, it, it wasn't slavery. Capitalism didn't use slavery all that, all, all that much, but certainly a lot of the money that poured into England 18th, 19th century came from slavery. Capitalism abandoned slavery because it turned out it wasn't terribly efficient. It was much more efficient to use free labourers, pay them wages and, and chuck them away when you didn't need them. Uh, but certainly it did use slavery when it was when it was when it was efficient, the whole history of imperialism, colonialism, which has also brought resources for capitalism to use. Yeah, money is really at the heart of capitalism, isn't it? Yes, yes, and uh, but really, ironically, money, modern money anyway, but probably all the way through the history of money, it's not worth anything in itself. Um, it, it's got to have the uh, the argument is that money is a social relation. It, it's not a thing. It, it, there, there used to be a gold standard, 
and the idea was that the money was worth what the gold was worth. But then deciding what what the gold was worth in money was a was a social relation too. It was a convention. You know, they decided that it that the gold was worth so many British pounds or so many American dollars, which is a convention. It's not a it's not a natural relation between gold and money. And anyway, we're not on a gold standard anymore. The last was abolished in 1971 in the United States. But many countries hadn't been on the gold standard before that anyway. It's domination that's the problem. It's, it's the accumulation of resources at other people's expense. And, I mean, that's what capitalism does. Now, just in Melbourne recently, there appears to be a, a lot more homeless people living on the streets in the city. You know, would you say this is a direct result of capitalism? Well, certainly it's a direct result of the of the housing market. As to how, how many homeless people there are, the Australian Bureau of Statistics has been running censuses on homeless people for the last... has included questions about homelessness in the last three or four censuses. I can't remember how many. Uh, and every time the, the figure comes out at 105,000, across Australia. That seems a bit suspicious to me because it's the same figure every time. Maybe this census will be different, I don't know. So we don't know whether or not homelessness is increasing. Well, according to the, to the, to the statistics, it's staying the same, which seems unlikely. No, oh, that's, it's, yeah, very suspicious. Well, I don't know. There are a lot of people researching it, and and they do go to a lot of trouble. Um, you know, they have people <coughs> who go to the places where homeless people um, are likely to congregate, and they do take a whole week to count these people. So they do take a lot of trouble. But I'm I'm just I just think it's odd that the numbers are always the same. I mean, the housing market is just an abomination. It's just incredible. Um, and there are things that the that gov- governments could do to take the take the heat out of the, of the of the housing market, but they don't do it. I mean, they could build public housing, for example, which would take some of the people out of the market. They could do something about that negative gearing stuff, but they don't do it, of course, because there's no money in it. I mean. Marx called the, or, or Marx and Engels called the, called government the executive committee of the ruling class, and, and that just seems to me to be what they are. They serve the interests of big business and multinational corporations, but and the rest of us can forget about it. So, what what are the different types of poverty? Well, poverty is poverty is lacking the resources for a decent standard of living. And because we live in a capitalist society, the resources we need for a decent standard of living is money, income. And there are proportions of the population who just don't have income, don't have enough income, don't have enough resources. So, I mean, that's, that's what I would see poverty was. So um, what is the connection between male power and capitalism i think you went into a little bit of it in the in the beginning could yeah. you go into that in a bit more depth 
uh, one of the things I did was look look at who owned the world's wealth. You know, we we hear about these families or people or there are 67 of them or 52 of them or whatever the number is who own more money than the rest of the world's population or something like that. But I was interested to know what the sex of these people was. And when you... When you uh, there's a, a website run by Forbes, which is a business information... I think it was originally a magazine. And they give you information about um, oh, the, the 50 billionaires in the world or the 50, the 50 richest billionaires in the world. And most of them are men. They're not all men, uh, but most of them are. And the interesting thing about the women who are the billionaires is they happen to be attached to men. So some of them will be, for example, women in the Walmart family, the American Walmart family, which indicates that it's that amassing wealth is something that men do. And the reason I th- is, I think, that we live in a culture that creates men who are just unbelievably arrogant, have this arrogant sense of entitlement, and who are dissociated from any decent human reality at all. And so that's the, that, that's the connection between male power and cap- capitalism. Capitalism is the, the modern form of male power. Uh, do you think that capitalism can be redeemed? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I don't, I, I really don't know. But what has to happen is to recognise that it's these arrogant, entitled men who are just crazily dissociated from human reality who, who profit from it, or at least in the short term. Of course, if they destroy the world, they're not going to profit from it either. Um, but in the short term, and unless that's recognised then nothing else can be done. And, 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 and how, how that's recognised and, and, and what is to be done as a consequence of that recognition, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've been boycotting Coca-Cola for the whole of my life, and as far as I know, it's done nothing to Coca-Cola's bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're listening to Radical Philosophy on 3CR, and I'm speaking to Dr Denise Thompson about capitalism and male power. Now, what type of system would be the best to replace capitalism with, if it was possible? An an economic system that um, operated in the common good. I don't know what the details are, but certainly the way the neoliberal regime has been operating for the last few decades is not the way to do it, not the way to... Not, not the sort of economy we want. Do you think an anarchist system would be better? Well, it, that that depends. I mean, it depends what what that means. Well, um, I suppose it means no rulers, and it does mean that there must be rules. It's every society must have certain rules to live by, or else it would be total chaos. But not having any rulers and having, like, smaller groups of people who make collective decisions and perhaps even having 
shops where people actually go and work for a couple of hours a week and are collectively owned and all the profits are shared collectively. Well, yes, I suppose so, but I don't think that just working locally is any solution. I mean, it, 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 it's certainly something that, that there should be more of, but we live in a global world and the issues are global. It's just that if they are... If, if, if the way they are dealt with simply reinforces domination, then th- that's the problem. N- not the fact, not 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 whether or, whether it's global or local, but whether some some people who are who happen to be men now get to dominate, whether it's through wealth or physical violence. I mean, that's another thing as well. Yeah, so, so I don't think working locally is, is, is all of the answer. Well, it could probably, probably be a start anyway. Do you think that capitalism will ever be replaced with another system? All I can see is the disaster that's happening. And um, there, are, you know, there are many, many people all over the world who are resisting the system as it is, but... I can't see that it's weakening. I mean, it's still as destructive as it ever was. I mean, global warming being one example, but I, what I keep thinking of is the destruction of the forests. I mean, they're just, they're just continuing. No one seems to be able to stop it. Mm, so what's the connection between capitalism and global warming? Well, capitalism ran on oil, and oil was creating the global warming to put it in a nutshell. So that's where the wealth is. Well, partly where partly where the wealth is. What the wars in the Middle East are all about. And if you could explain the term primitive accumulation. Yeah, well, there is a, uh, a, an author who, who says, well, there's no point in calling it primitive accumulation because it continues and it's not primitive anymore. It's, it's a constant... It's a constant function of capitalism, and he, he calls it accumulation by dispossession, and he reckons that all this privatisation stuff is, is what is an example, is, is the primary example of this accumulation by dispossession. People are dispossessed, and their resources are taken over by, by these enormous corporations to create more wealth. Another example, of course, is land grabs. Now, Oxfam has been working hard to stop these, corporations take land from indigenous people just take it away and mine it or um, uh, devastate the forest bulldoze the forests in order to grow palm oil which is in everything so everything you buy at the supermarket's got palm oil in it which means that it's we're all complicit with the destruction of the forests and it's quite difficult to avoid really isn't it well exactly yes Exactly. Now, there's a political situation at the moment in the United States where there's a lot of people picketing. Yes, that in Dakota, North Dakota. Yes. yes that pipeline. Yes. Yeah. The indigenous people, yes. Right, so what's the situation there? And so far, they've managed to stop it, I think, but whether they'll prevail eventually, I don't know. I don't think they know either.
they just keep fighting. Well, we're fighting here in, in New South Wales. We're against this West Connects garbage. All right, I, I haven't heard of that. What are the details concerning well, that? Well, people, have, well, it's this, you know, more, more freeways and motorways and some people's houses have already been knocked down but they, and, and they've bulldozed a, a bit of uh, bush to provide a, a parking space for their machines and they, they're, trying to, they're trying to bulldoze another uh, bit of bush and people are camped there to stop them doing it. And then there's the, the, the um, cutting down of the hundred-year-old fig trees in Allison Road for the light, supposedly for the light rail, which could have been run somewhere else and left the trees alone. Mm. Do, do you think that people are becoming more aware of the situation? And there's more people protesting? Oh, I mean, the protests aren't, aren't anything like the protests against the Vietnam War. So I think there is an awareness. Certainly, and, and a common worldwide consciousness that there is something massively wrong and needs to be resisted. I think there is, but how powerful it is, I don't know. One of my favourite quotes is from Emma Goldman, if voting ever changed anything, they'd make it illegal. Well, in fact, they do try and make it illegal in the United States. I mean, they definitely don't try and stop people voting in the United States. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Not, not illegal, but they make it so difficult that um, people just can't vote. Mm, well, well, even in this country, I mean... There doesn't seem. I don't think that there seems to be a lot of point to voting, because it's it's the two major parties, and it's very difficult to to vote them out, isn't it? Yes, that's right. And now, what's the name of your book? Um, well, it doesn't have a name as yet. It's not. I'm not. It's not. It's not with a. Well, I haven't heard that it's going to be published yet. But it's kind of tentatively called masculinity and the ruling of the world. And do you have any future study plans within the, this field? Well, the project, the, the masculinity project, I intended to look at a number of I don't know, phenomena to illustrate what I'm talking about when I talk about masculinity as arrogant entitlement and dissociation. And, and capitalism was one of them. But there are others. One of them is surrogacy, the whole surrogacy industry. Another one is fascism, um, which I think is the nth degree of masculinity. And another one is um, US welfare reform, which I always put in inverted commas because it's neither welfare nor reform. I'm working on those. The thing is that they're much, they're far too long for a book. So I don't quite know what to do about that, you know, whether to try and get a number of books published or, or I don't know, put it on the internet, something like that. Mm. Yeah, it does seem to be does seem to be the way to go, even with e-books. There seems to be mm. a lot more e-books than there, than there previously has been. Well, thanks very much for coming onto the program today. Okay, Beth. Well, thank you too.
and I've been speaking to Dr Denise Thompson about capitalism and male power. You're listening to Radical Philosophy on 3CR 855 AM. My name is Ruth Hagengruber, coming from Germany, and happy to be here. And that's about all we have for today. We're going to go out with a one of my favourite tunes, Liz uh, Thomas, with Budget Reply. Hope you've enjoyed the program and been given plenty of food for thought.